Reggie Peace is sitting in Johannesburg. He says it's cold. Shame. But still, he's ready and willing to have a big chat. Hello, Reggie. How are you? Janine, good and you? I'm doing fine and fabulous. Thank you very much. But Reggie Peace is like a stage name. What's your own name? Reginald Hufke. Hufke. Never heard a surname like that in the past. So how do you get to Reggie Peace then? Well, I decided on the name because it's like a proclamation. I felt like as a kid, I never had peace in my life. So that name, so wherever I go now, I basically proclaim peace. Hi, my name is Reggie Peace. Indirectly, you just peace all over, peace, peace. So for me, it's also good speaking peace every day. Okay, we're going to get to that one. It sounds like a nice story to tell this, how you got the piece in the first place. But first, I'm curious, if you're at home, obviously you've got one persona when you're out there and you've got to perform and be all entertainment industry. But if you're at home and you can relax and you can be yourself, personality-wise and all that, who are you there? Yo, I'm super chilled. Like, I'm a laid-back guy. In general, I'm like just... I'm a quiet person and I'm an introvert. So me, I'm quiet. I like jogging, just being by myself. So I am laid back. <laughs> you like jogging or you're a runner? Yeah. Well, I used to be an athlete. Uh, I did athletics until university, but now I'm just running for the fun. And races, when we still could do races, do you, did you go out there and do a 21 and all of that? Yeah, lately, not not lately, but yeah, <laughs> I did it until like two years ago. I was still there, 20Ks. Oh. I still did it, but now I'm just enjoying it. The corona killer. It ended lots of people's far-running ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, tell me about the peace thing. Why do you say you didn't have peace and then how did you get it? I grew up in a very impoverished community in PEE, um, well, now Kaberga, in Shordeville. So, and then I also grew up in the children's home after that and because I became an orphan at the age of 13 and my, like where we grew up in Shordeville, it was a, a wild life in the sense that we were impoverished. Um, abuse was almost an everyday thing. When I mean abuse, I'm talking mostly also verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and life wasn't easy. I never, as a kid... I was always worried. I was always, I always wanted to escape. And for me, then also that goes on to the children's home as well after I lost my parents. Even there, you in this environment where you have to constantly have your guard up high and you want to perform, you find different ways of just expressing yourself, but it's basically running away from your reality, your problems. So now that I came to this age, I've always had an obsession with peace. I don't know, for some reason, um, in Matthew, it speaks about, and all the peacemakers will be blessed. Mm -hmm. So before my name was Reggie Peace, it was, I I was in a a group called Peacemaker. Mm -hmm. And when in 2018, I decided, hey, maybe I must call myself Reggie Peace. And so I just always had this obsession with peace. So, to be able to speak that over myself. And I believe I'm a peaceful guy. Okay, but then how did you actually find it? If all circumstances were stacked up against you to get out of there and actually meet Jesus, an invisible king of the universe, 
and find peace. How did that happen? I was actually 12 years old, 13 years old when I went to Word of Faith in PE. And there I just saw, yo, how do these people praise God? Because the perception that most people have is that you People praise God and just like, oh Lord, and just just straight away. But when I when I was there, it was like, hey, these young people are jumping up and down. They're praising and worshiping God. They're break dancing. So for me, that is when I gave my life to God. I guess it was I was just meant to be there. And then after that, my life basically changed because after that year. That I gave my life to God, things started changing. I moved out of Shoreville, went into the children's home, and in the children's home. But it's still, I mean, I had an up and down relationship with God because I never had guidance from, uh, like, father figure or anyone basically. And so, and I was very inconsistent as well because I was never taught all of that stuff as a young boy. But God was always with me since then, I believe, even until now. But I just believe that, you know, no matter how broken you are, uh, God can heal you and take you by the hand. We must just be willing. So it happened when I was there, 12 years old. And, and ever since then, I wouldn't say it was easy, but the the process of change came about then basically. It wasn't a peace always. But eventually, as I learn, as I grow, I just become more peaceful, more acceptable, more trusting of God. I'm, I am curious because when, so now you give your life to Jesus. And a lot of what happens, especially in charismatic churches, is you get this sales pitch. Now, now everything is going to be lacquer. God is going to fix it all. Everything is going to work out fine. And you're going to be rich and you're going to have lots of, you know, it's the, it's the sales pitch we get. And then life hits us. I mean, you literally, this happened at 12 and at 13, you end up in the children's home in a Rovabirt. It's like it gets so much harder. So how did you stay trusting him? Or did your relationship have to go through a place where you had to sort of find that trust in spite of everything? Look, I never had a father figure. Well, my my dad was there, but he wasn't the great example that, you know, he could have been. If he had a father, maybe in his life, he probably would have known how to be a good father. Mm -hmm. So I had this perception and I was angry towards God, even though I gave my life to to God. Mm -hmm. I was angry because I was angry at my father. So I had to learn a new um, perception of God by being introduced to other men, to to father figures, other kids' fathers. So I had all of that, and for me, that became the a new way of me trusting men. It, every, every everything had to come down to to trusting men, and so I could start trusting God as well. I remember I always I used to look back at my writing, and I can see that. All of these years, it's always just been inconsistent because that is how my relationship with my real father was as well until he passed away. And that just before he passed away, we made peace. Um, just before he passed away, I'm sure I forgave him then and I have a different understanding. But I also had to understand that 
God is a gentle father. God is a, a gentle father. And our fathers on earth are maybe the cards that life dealt them aren't or weren't the best cards. So the decisions that they made was also, or also forced them to become those. No, they're not bad people. I believe circumstances make people bad. The thing is, and it's, I, I know it doesn't make sense, but God has made an earthly father to represent him. And when they represent him badly, it's the weird thing, even though we know it isn't so that man is man and God is God. It's like we take it through as if your, if your earthly father wasn't a good father and was um, inconsistent, as you say, independable, um, didn't know how to love you. Then it's like you project that onto God and God has got to prove himself innocent first of the way your dad showed you a father to be. So how did God convince you that he's actually a good father? Um, and, and more than just the Bible, because the Bible is blah, it's talk. Now, how did he convince you really and truly that he is a good father, that you can actually trust him? I had consistent men eventually. I went to what's called Dev Malerba. So I had a coach, uh, Mr. Martin Smith, who was there as a man who believed in me from the word go in my not just in my on my sporting side um then i looked at other teachers also like um many roots who even talking today um and so like mr martin smith he became like a coach he became a father figure so all of these father figures were brought into my life and showed me that this is how our father figure actually is. And then I went to university. I came to study at the University of Johannesburg. I got a sports bursary on this side. And even at the children's home, there's guys like Uncle Burgens. He was always a good example as, as a man. Then I came to UJ and yeah, I got introduced to a guy like Chris Turks from um, Campus Crusade for Christ. Yeah. I mean, we even met today and that was what we still, we met like almost 10 years ago and I mean, he's still in my life. So eventually I've just been introduced to these amazing guys and, and they showed me that God is actually a gentle God. God is actually a gentle man, a forgiving man. And, but because, and that is how my perception changed even now. Um, and I am becoming slowly but surely uh, more forgiving, more loving, more caring. I uh, slowly but surely, I feel like healing, especially when it comes from such a traumatic background, takes forever. Mm. Are you a dad yet? No. Ooh, wait till you become a dad. You're gonna learn a five, ten, <laughs> fifty, many more things about dadhood that you didn't know. <laughs> That's gonna then then we'll have an interview so that you can tell me what you've learned. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole new level. Okay, but how did you get into the entertainment industry? I've already, yeah, in 2011, basically, after I finished school in the, uh, 2009, 2011, I auditioned for Phyllis Child, the musical, Ian von Memerty, and so I was there with him and his kid, uh, Kasvia von Memerty. So I just, that was how it was born. But I was always acting. I was always, even while doing sport, I always did it while, even in school, I acted. Then I came to Josie, and I mean, I remember the first day I went to the UJ Art Center, and that I built a relationship there with the Art Center, and 
since then I started in theater and I've always also written music. I started writing music when I was 14. So I've always had this thing for art as well. But just when I came to Johannesburg, that's when I started taking it more serious. And in 2014, I got like my first TV gig. Um, and yeah, since then, I've always just shown a passion for creating and I don't know, it's always about inspiration. It's it's always about sometimes I wonder like, yo, Lord, why did you make me to give these messages? <laughs> but it's always been about that, the messages that come through me. It's always about inspiration or teaching people maybe about my culture or where I come from, about the role God played in my life. So since then, it just escalated until now 2019 where I got uh, like a recurring role on Generations The Legacy and that is now on the TV side but I've been writing music and I've been writing, just writing since what, almost 10-15 years now Reggie, you're ridiculously talented, you know that, to have all those doors open for you to beat the competition. I know if you go for an audition at something, there's like 600 people standing in a queue to get something. God must want you at a place to give you that kind of influence. But I also know that you can't have a message to share if there's not something being imparted in you. If you're not you know, reading the Bible or living life with God, then you'll never have something to actually say. And if you don't have something to say, then those messages or the songs get really shallow very quickly, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I have a lot to say, especially about my circumstances and where we come from. But mostly it's also music that I write for myself first. It's, you know, music that if I listen back now and I'm like, yo, Maybe write that song when you feel at that time you want to give up. Mm. So firstly, it's for me and maybe someone else can then relate to it. Or like now the struggle is over, um, the struggle is over now. At that time I was struggling, so I had to proclaim and maybe get inspired by the word that, hey, the struggle is over or don't worry everything will be all right. That is basically inspired from the Bible that says, don't worry. So it's like, it's all of these stuff or maybe experiences that I go through. So um, maybe it's a, 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 an angry experience. I remember writing Kosovitafel by just walking to spa and seeing these people being at work at seven, leaving there at seven in the evening, mm. six times a week. And they do that to put food on the table for all year. So for me, I get inspired by stuff like that. But of course, as you said, it's about I get something and I have to give it to the world or to whoever is keen to listen. But what is it about music? You know, so you've got something, you've got words and you've got this thing that you want to convince yourself of. You know, when you say don't worry, maybe, or something like that. What is it about the music that solidifies this message? Or it helps you to to understand what you're trying to say. It gives it extra power and weight somehow. Maybe it's because you repeat it. What is it? I think it's it's put creatively. And it's, I mean, it, there's a time limit. It's rare that you have 
songs that's 10 minutes. Mm. I can, you know, or it's rare to have songs that's 15 minutes. That song, five minutes or less, and all of a sudden it, there's a beat, in, there's, a, there's a drum, there's a guitar that provokes other stuff, other emotions, plus the words. So there's this mixture of stuff that comes together um, that just lifts you up or maybe it, it makes you think or it makes you, yeah, rewind, takes you back. So there's just this whole, it's a different way of encouraging, uplifting, telling stories. And I love it because it's also a creative way of doing it that just, I feel like, lifts up the spirit, the chis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking to get that perfect lyric, to get that thing that conveys exactly what you want to say in a way that they will understand correctly. Because, I mean, if you, if you don't communicate well, then even it doesn't matter how deep what you say is going to be, if they don't get it, it's not going to work. So to get those perfect the perfect words to convey what you want to say. Um, that must be very rewarding as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, words for me. I don't know. I've, I feel like words are my gift, and uh, and I've always it's, it's with the writing, because sometimes I tell true stories, sometimes I don't. Um, and for me, the words are so important. So. I believe words have, have the power and words have the power to to connect and maybe change perceptions. Say maybe people don't know much about me or my background or my culture and I put it in words with the music, maybe they'll have a better understanding. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, so if people want to connect with you and with your music and with everything that you're doing, where do they connect? I am on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music, iTunes, um, YouTube, everywhere. Um, I recently released an album, so if, yeah, people can check that out as well. <laughs> How do they spell the Reggie bit? R-E-G-G-I-E, okay. and then peace, P-E-A-C-E. <laughs> Not the Reggie with the Y, the Reggie with the I-E and peace like in peace. You know, the one with the two fingers. Reggie, mm-hmm. we're going to play Genade. Uh, Tell me about this song. If we listen to the song now, what's that thing that you want us to hear? That life is grace. It's all about grace. I mean, for me, I grew up in, in an impoverished background, and I come from, from that background, but yet God has put a, a bigger vision maybe in my heart. So every time that I saw, I come out of the shack that I stayed in, I always knew and I always believed that, yo, there's something bigger. Um, maybe my parents at that time abused um, drugs or abused alcohol, but in my heart it was put, hey, something different, life, new life, you know? So it's, and I mean, every step, that you take along the way, it has to do with grace. So it's only grace that I am now where I am in my life. And what's the name of the album? Never Lieve, New Life. Right, so go Google it, go find it at all the different platforms. Never Lieve, New Life, but off the album, we're going to listen to Genade. <laughs> 